In a world where movies are abundant, but podcasts are... Well, well, podcasts are also abundant. Comes another podcast about movies. You're listening to... Stop Talking During Movies. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of Stop Talking During Movies. The podcast for those that are neither a movie snob nor a Philistine. If you don't know what Philistine is means, then either Google it, dictionary it, or watch Squid in the Well, because that's where that's from. I am your host, Jesse Luke, also known as Sick, also known as Heed. That's what my mom calls me. If you know what movie that's from, you'll love this fucking podcast. All right, so episode three was supposed to be the top 10 movies from 2019. My wife and I were going to go over our top 10 lists. She is super excited to do it because, and I am as well, but her being super excited is kind of shocking because she is not as into movies as I am. But the fact that she is excited makes me more excited and should make you more excited. So I am extremely excited to do that episode. However, we can't find the goddamn time to do it. Because the time we set aside to do it is Friday night after we put the kids to bed. We grab a little scotch, we grab a little red wine, and we do a goddamn podcast. However, we haven't been able to do that for, I don't know, I think it's like two months already. Because Friday night you get home, you're tired, you've been working all week, you don't want to, well, I would love to sit down and blab about movies for a long time, but she is not having it. She's like, I am not feeling it, so we haven't been able to do it. We're going to do it, though, because we're both excited me way more than her but still she's excited as well so we will do that however i need to keep this podcast more consistent if i want it to grow now is it growing i don't know because i'm not checking the numbers until at least episode five however who gives a fuck all right i I should cut that out i probably will cut that out if i didn't cut that out then you're hearing it right now and you know this is hella raw all right um what the fuck was I? Oh yeah. So I decided I'm going to do this weekly. Every week I'm going to put out a podcast. I'm going to put out an episode and I'm going to rank the last five movies that I watched. Now you might be thinking this motherfucker watches five movies every week. Not every single week. I don't watch five movies every single week. However, I do watch in between or anywhere in between 15 to 27 movies. That's how many I watched last month because of the coronavirus quarantine, 27 goddamn movies. And so if I'm watching that many movies and I do this weekly, I can do the last five movies that I watched and rank them. And I think that would be kind of cool. So hopefully I can help you guys weed out some of the movies you don't need to watch and maybe recommend some really cool movies that maybe you don't, you haven't watched or maybe you, you know, you don't, don't know much about. Damn, I'm getting lost here. All right. So I will rank the last five movies that I watched. And, um, if you want to know my rating system, I will, you, you can see that at letterboxd, uh, at stop talking during movies podcast and letterboxd or Jesse Luke on letterboxd. I have my rating system up there. It's also going to be up on Facebook and, uh, on the, uh, I think it should be up on the main podcast page as well, but I will put my rating system up there. Um, and I bring that up because the movies that I watched the last five movies that I watched, new movies that I watched. I did watch uh, one movie that it was a rewatch for me, and I'm not going to include that in this ranking. I'll I'll talk about it briefly, but I watched a bad movie, a mediocre movie, and three great movies. 
Now, if you know my rating system, if you've looked it up in the time that I've been talking, or if you don't give a fuck, I will just tell you that is a one and one and a half star movie, a two star movie and three, four star movies. And that's what I'll be talking about this week on the podcast. Next week, I will do the same thing. And if you like it, please subscribe. Please download. Please let me know. If you don't like it, please let me know. If you disagree with what I'm about to say about these movies, let me know. If you agree, let me know more. Even more so, let me know. Because I have a fragile ego and I need people to tell me that I'm great. Okay? All right, so let's get into it. Um, The worst movie that I watched, and I hate trashing this movie because my daughter, I watched it with my daughter and my wife, and my daughter gave it four and a half out of five stars. She said, Daddy, I give this movie four and a half out of five stars, which was adorable. Um, The movie is Cats. Cats, directed by Tom uh, Tom Hooper, starring a whole bunch of people. Uh, Francesca Hayward, James Gordon, who made me laugh during the movie. He, The only two laughs in the entire film were from James Gordon. Judy Dench is in here, Jason Derulo, uh, Idris Elba, Jennifer Hudson, who was fucking fantastic. I mean, she can sing and she can act, too. Ian McClellan, M- Ian McKellen. Taylor Swift, uh, Rebel Wilson. I mean, just a ton of people in this movie. Um, Why was this movie bad? This movie was, for the first 30 minutes of this movie, I just kept telling myself, don't be a dick. Give this movie a chance. You don't want to, like, I I hate the fact that everybody just jumps on a particular movie. It's like, every now and again, a movie will get labeled, like, that's the trashy movie. Let's all jump on it. Let's all pile on it. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that. I was like, I want to, and I, I'm a sucker for musicals, to be honest. So I love musicals. And so I was like, just kept telling myself, give this thing a chance. But after the goddamn 700 or 800th song introducing a character or talking about a breed of cat, I fucking was, I just, I lost it. I, was just, I can't watch this goddamn movie anymore. The singing is good. And there, there are some really good songs in this movie as well. Taylor Swift's song on here was really good. There is some there's some comically good acting going on as well. There's uh, Ian McClellan is doing some great stuff here. Um, uh, Jennifer Hudson uh, is doing, I mean, she is, it's comical how good she's acting in this, in this movie and singing because it's surrounded by a, a film and a story that just doesn't matter. You're never given a reason to care about any of these characters at all. I mean, I can see why my daughter cared about some of these characters and why some, you know, kids might care because they're cool looking or they're cute looking or whatever. But there's really nothing to any of these characters at all. Um, I, I could see how this would work. And I, I don't want to just sit here and shit on a movie. OK, and that's the funny thing is when you talk about movies, a lot of times you can talk longer and more passionately about movies you despise than you can about movies you like. I think part of that is because you don't. Yeah, it's a little bit corny, I guess, in a way to go overboard about how good a movie is. But and and it's like, you know, you make yourself feel cool or whatever. Oh, this movie was trash. You can you can trash a movie and not feel so corny about it. But so I won't try to I won't spend too much more time on this, but there was just nothing to care about in this movie at all. Um, like I said, I laughed a few times with James Gordon. The uh, there was some acting in here that was really good. But I mean, you can't throw great acting and great singing in the middle of a pile of shit and then expect it to be a good movie. The CGI was God awful horrible. 
I guess it wasn't horrible. It was just distractingly stupid. I think. I think this, this, this story. I'm sure it works on the stage. It does not work in this movie. By the end of the film, they basically turn this into a uh, a sing along show for babies. Um, literally babies. I'm not talking about like. Uh, uh, I'm not trying to use that as like a slur. I literally mean this. At the end of the movie, it feels like. I don't, even, I don't even want, I guess you can't spoil this. Judy Dench looks at the goddamn screen and turns it into Barney and basically says, now kids, you've learned a lot about cats today. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? So yeah, cats, horrible movie. Um, I gave it, who cares what I gave it in stars? Stars always reduce movie, but I gave it one and a half stars. Not even, I would not recommend this movie at all. Um, if you have a little girl or you know, mainly little girl, no little, very few little boys are going to like this movie. Let's be real. I know there's some little boys that may like it, but if you have a little girl, maybe, you know, suffer through this with her because I am very happy. I watched this because my daughter loved it or she didn't love it. She liked it. She gave it four and a half out of five stars officially. Um, so I'm glad I watched it for that reason. But in terms of if you're an adult and you put this on, and there's not somebody 13 or younger sitting next to you and you watch this movie all the way through, you should get coronavirus. And I don't give a fuck, dude. You, okay, I don't think you should die from coronavirus and I don't want you to like spread it to anybody else, but you for sure should get corona. If there's not somebody sitting next to you under 13, if there's somebody sitting next to you that's 14, COVID. If she's 13, then you're cool. If it's her birthday on the day, it's our 14th birthday, then we'll let you slide. But this movie, yeah, you cannot watch this movie unless you have somebody under the age of 13 sitting next to you. A very bad movie. Would not watch again unless my daughter wanted to. Then I would easily watch it again. Uh, the next best movie, uh, the next worst movie, whatever, whichever way you want to go. This movie's slightly better than the other one. This one had a lot of potential and I was excited for it. Rambo Last Blood from 2019. Um, directed by um, Adrian Grumberg, um, also director of uh, Get the Gringo, which was a very good movie. Get the Gringo, very underrated, uh, Mel, starring Mel Gibson. Very good movie. I recommend that one for sure. Very underrated. You never hear about that. I think it's mainly because of Mel Gibson's problems. But Rambo Last Blood, I wanted to love this movie. Um, I I mean, why, you know, there's no other reason for me to watch this movie. It got horrible reviews. I was not received well. Just, you know, there's no reason. But, you know, I I liked Rambo, the first blood, obviously. And the other Rambos were cool, part of my childhood. So I wanted to complete it. I don't remember watching Rambo 2 or Rambo 3, to be honest. But I know I did watch them. So I wanted to complete it. And uh, it is a bad movie, but I did enjoy it slightly. This is like a weird one for me because usually, usually movies this bad I don't really enjoy. Uh, they just annoy the shit out of me. But this one was kind of cool. Why this movie was bad was the choices that were made by the filmmaker. There were, uh, uh, just in terms of the story and the tone of this movie was very, very bad. Without going into spoilers, I guess the only way I could really tell you what's wrong with this movie is by spoiling the shit out of it. Maybe I should do that. I don't know. No, no spoilers. Um... There, so right away, I'm thinking either this movie is brilliant, it's going to be brilliant, or it's going to be god awful. And the reason why I thought that right away was 
so Rambo is staying at this house, um, this ranch out in the middle of nowhere, um, which will be convenient later in the plot. And there's a maid there. And the maid, who is a friend of her father's, I believe. Well, I know she's a friend of her of his father's, but I don't know to what capacity. But she's there and he's allowing her to live there, I guess. And they're cool and they're buddies. She makes him a cup of coffee at the beginning of the movie as he sits down. And he doesn't drink the goddamn coffee. He gets up and walks away 20 seconds after they give really clumsy exposition about the backstory. And he gets up without drinking his goddamn coffee. And I'm thinking, okay, okay, maybe they're doing this. And maybe, you know, I I didn't even think much of it. I just thought I hate when they do that in movies. And I'm thinking maybe they're going to bring this back to where he never drinks her coffee or something. He does it a goddamn again. She makes him a cup of coffee in the morning and this big, nice meal and puts it in front of him, and he says, I'm going to eat this later, I'll drink this later, or whatever, and he walks out and doesn't drink the goddamn coffee, and doesn't eat the food. And I think she did it one other time in this movie, and I'm thinking, why the hell are you not drinking the goddamn coffee the maid just made you? It's, you know, pissed me off. It, it seemed like really sloppy writing. that You wouldn't have him eat or drink something. I don't know, this is very minor, but I thought at the moment, this is either going to be a brilliant callback, or just a really dumb thing that's going to be in another otherwise dumb movie. And it was just a dumb little thing that they that they wrote into their wrote into the movie and didn't even think about. Just like, yeah, let's have Rambo get up and be mysterious and walk away and not drink the goddamn coffee the maid made her. Now, this all doesn't matter because that's not even close to what's wrong with the movie at all. This is really dumb. Sorry, nitpicky. But... There are, what I'm trying to illustrate is there are a lot lot of bad choices that are quantum leaps worse than that. For one, they kill off, I don't want to say who, but they kill off one of the bright thing, bright spots in this movie, halfway through the movie. And it's, and it's really just a dumb choice to make because if you would have kept that person alive, you could have had tension already built into the movie rather than just having a tragedy mid movie that that just really shut down you any reason to care about what's going on other than what they did is right after this character died they switched the tone of the movie and it turns into this 80s montage of of action you know hero being an action man and setting up home alone but rated r the home alone rated r version and you see all these traps being set up and you see you know you're about to see carnage and the movie just switches to this entirely different tonal tone of movie it become it goes from this trying to be tragedy which it could have been it could have been a a real gut punch of a movie and it turned into this crazy action movie that just really didn't fit with what was had come before it and so it switches you know it's just like this total tonal shift and then it becomes home alone the rated r version you see people getting mauled and murdered and which and just in brutal gruesome ways which is kind of cool and you want to see these characters die because they're horrible horrible people but it just it drifts off into the outlandish which can be fun you can make a movie that's outlandishly stupid and actiony and still be fun but at this point i'm just thinking this is home alone and you just took away any meaning. Why, why should I care about this when you've destroyed anything bright about this movie for no goddamn reason? And there's a character in this movie you really want to see die. You want to see this character die. You know Rambo's going to kill people and he's going to do it in brutal ways. And there's a character in the movie you want Rambo to do that 
sorry, to do that to. And they don't, they don't even, they don't show that death. That person does die. They, that person does get murdered by Rambo, but they don't show the death at all. Horrible, horrible choices made in this movie. However, with all that being said, honestly, by the end of the movie, I was semi glad that I watched it. Not a bad movie. If you like action movies, if you like Rambo in particular, I do recommend this movie. Otherwise, no, I would not recommend this movie. Um, but I slightly liked it. Not, not going to lie. I kind of liked this movie. Uh, barely. All right. The uh, next best movie I watched. This is a very underrated movie in terms of, or in the sense that I don't hear anybody talk about this movie. Um, and I had seen it uh, previews for it and seen the poster every now and again. I like Jake Gyllenhaal, so I, I, you know, I was interested in it, but I never heard anything good or bad about it. Just one of those movies that came and went. End of Watch from 2012. Um, I believe I watched this on Amazon. Might have been Netflix. I don't know. But End of Watch is a great movie um, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, who was who was I mean, he's always good. He's just always a great in every in every role that he plays. Jake is, you know, he always brings it. Uh, Michael Pena was also very, very good. Like to me, he's more than just a comedic actor. This guy can act his ass off. He's very good, very captivating on the screen. They had this chemistry in this movie that was real. It just felt real. It felt like these dudes were real friends in real life. Everything about this movie felt pretty authentic. Um, It was a great movie directed by David Ayer. Um, director of uh, Suicide Squad, Fury. Uh, Fury was just pretty damn good. Suicide Squad missed opportunity for me. Very uh, high potential, low um, output, I guess. He also did direct, directed Bright, which I haven't seen yet. Um, I don't know if I'll ever see that. Maybe I will. I don't know. Will Smith. Cannot, you can't go wrong with Will Smith. But this, to me, is by far and away his best movie of the three that I've seen. But... Very good, uh, very great movie, I would say. Um, yeah, the great performances. Trying to see what else I should talk, uh, say about this. Very realistic violence, as opposed to the next movie I'm going to talk about. This movie, End of Watch, had very realistic violence. There's a scene in this movie involving uh, a big gangster dude beating the shit out of a female... Should I say? Yeah, beating the shit out of a woman police officer that honestly almost made me want to look away just like god damn very realistic very brutal but not in an over-the-top grotesque way which is you'll see in my next film that i'm talking about which is a little bit better than this one but this one is a great movie um oh it's funny in in my review i actually mentioned that this is this movie uh, juxtaposed to the next movie is a difference in the way that you can portray violence on screen um At the end of this movie, um, kind of dropped it a little bit. I think this could have been a an exceptional film, four and a half out of five or something like that. Star movie, a top of the line movie. Um, but the end kind of fell off. It turned into one of those. Um, I don't without giving too much away. One of those movies where the bad guys miss every goddamn shot they take, or maybe hit one out of nine hundred bullets flying past the good guys. Don't like that. That shit's always distracting to me. Um, yeah, I felt like I was watching like Stormtroopers and Star Wars or something. 
Um, it was still good though. The end was still effective and good and, and, uh, you know, hit you hard, especially given the chemistry between Pena and Gyllenhaal. Um, and there was another scene in the movie where, yeah, fuck it. I can give this away. It's not too big of a spoiler. There's a scene in the movie where the two guys rescue some kids from a burning building. And at that point I thought, wow, this is a little over heavy handed. You don't need to throw that in there to illustrate that these guys are awesome dudes. We know they're awesome dudes. We've seen them operate. So it was a little heavy handed, but still that even when they throw that in there, where it's like a little over the top, like, oh yeah, they're going to go in and rescue a baby. What are they going to do next? Read in an orphanage, you know, donate their money to uh, help starving children in Africa. Like what the fuck are you going to throw in there? But even so the scene that they did this uh, rescued the kids out of the burning building was still effective. And I love it. They, um, they exit the building and they're coughing and they're squirming on the ground. And I love that. I love that this is the way movies are made nowadays. Maybe not always. They're not even always made this way, but the way that they, this movie was made just tapped into that realism where your heroes can look like little bitches sometimes. Like if smoke gets in your lungs and your eyes and your, and you've just been in this burning building, when you come out of there, even though you're a heroic person, you're not going to be acting heroic. You're going to be crawling, like squirming around on the ground, like a little bitch. And that's what these guys were doing. I love that direction. That, that to me is good directing, good directing. Um, I mean, I guess it could have been the actors that just did that. That was their choice, but that it was really good and really effective. I love that movies are made or I love when movies are made like that. And the hero doesn't come out like the rock, you know, the, it's a lot of these like fast and furious movies where the explosion goes off and they, and and they fall out of a burning goddamn building and they jump through a, a burning the car windows. They like slide perfectly through the car windows as the car's spinning in air and they land on the ground in a fucking three point stance and they look up and they're slightly burned. They're like, Oh sh- that was a, that was a close call or some bullshit line that they give. I can't think of a good bullshit line or else I would, uh, that was hot. I don't know. Fuck it. Can't think of it, but I hate when they do that. They make the hero look cool after they just went through something harrowing and an end of the end of watch. They really did a good job in a, that's just a small example, but there's so many scenes where they did, they did a great job. Um, yeah, I think this is a great movie. All right. So the next best movie that I saw, um, which is like I said, juxtaposed to the, that film where it has realistic violence portrays things in a more realistic way. This movie, um, the second best movie that I've seen uh, in the last five, Cell, uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99, directed by S. Craig Zoller, who I am slowly becoming a huge fan of. I think anytime this director puts out a movie, I'm 100% in. I'm, I haven't seen Dragged Across Concrete, which is his follow-up to this movie but I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, but with that being said, there is a lot of unrealistic violence in this movie, which annoyed me. Not that. So the unrealistic, unrealistic violence didn't annoy me for its own sake. I, you can give me a movie like 300 or um, kill bill where there's a lot of unrealistic violence, but it's very well done and it's good and it's awesome. And I love it. What annoyed me is that 
I know that through reading people's reviews or hearing people talk to me about this movie or listening to other movie podcasts, that a lot of people consider this, the violence in this movie, as very, very realistic. And I think a lot of that stems from people not really knowing what real violence is. Now, sure, the gore in this movie, the way it looks, is is um, realistic. There's a, there's a scene in this movie where you see a man's skull exposed, and it, and it looks very realistic. You see people get stabbed. You see people get hit in the head with metal bars, and it looks very realistic. There's a lot of gory violence in this movie. What I mean by this is not realistic violence is all, all you have to do is watch the UFC, which is the most realistic form of violence that you will see in the real world. I mean, you can see people get, uh, you know, video on video and YouTube, like people getting their ass kicked and you can see really bad violence that way. You can see war violence from war footage or whatever. But in terms of the type of violence that this movie is trying to emulate, which is hand to hand combat. It's very unrealistic. You got basically if S. Craig Zoller, if S. S. Craig Zoller's vision of violence were 100 percent accurate, you would have in the UFC, you would have people's heads being splattered open onto the mat, onto the into the in the cage. You would have people's arms just being broken in half on a routine basis. There are, there are scenes in this, you'd have people's faces being, you know, ripped off. You would have all these horrible things that happen in this movie, which is very effective and very gory, but you would have all these things happen in real life. What I want anybody listening to this to, to do, if you're not convinced, if you've seen this movie and you're like, no, fuck, that was realistic. Google Dan Henderson knocks out Michael Bisbing. Dan Henderson knocking out Michael Bisbing. Google that. And when you see Dan Henderson knock out Michael Bisbing and Michael Bisbing falls to the ground, his head hits a canvas and Dan Henderson, a fucking killer, a gorilla of a man, jumps into the air with his forearm aiming towards Michael Bisbing's head, slams his forearm with all his body weight and all his power that he can muster into Michael Bisbing's face as Michael Bisbing's unconscious on the ground. Then you tell me, why didn't Michael, if this was S. Craig Zoller's world, Michael Bisbing's head would have splattered all over the goddamn canvas. But that's not what happens to human beings, regardless of how powerful you are. Vince Vaughn in this movie is a, is a monster in this movie. And the, so that being said, the violence is not realistic in this movie. It looks realistic in terms of how visually it is, but it is not realistic. It's not a realistic depiction of violence. With that being said, if you accept the world that this this movie creates this movie is fucking fantastic it is a it is a a simple movie it is very uh, the structure is extremely simple if not but it's very unconventional but simple there's basically three acts you have before uh, before entering hell you have in hell and you ha- or you have in hell and inside of hell and digging deeper into the pits of hell and then you have the conclusion and that's all you have here. You have Vince Vaughn, this monster of a man. Uh, his name's Thomas. He's a menacing, big, hulking guy. Uh, which is, which, by the way, I have to point this out. Vince Vaughn absolutely destroys this. I, in terms of underrated actors, he and and Jamie Foxx is another one. 
These two guys are extremely underrated as actors. Maybe Vince Vaughn much more than Jamie Foxx, to be honest, because I think Jamie Foxx has been nominated for an Oscar. He's, you know, a lot of people consider him good. But Vince Vaughn, nobody's talking about this guy, but he's incredible in this movie. You believe that he's a badass. He's a big, scary dude, and he will fuck your shit up. And the, and the cool thing about this movie, the structure, they don't, you get, you get a taste of him being a badass and him being this monster early on in a very amazing way. And, and I, I can give this away because it's not so deep into the movie where it's a spoiler. This is very early on. First 10 minutes of the movie, I think. He catches or he finds out that his wife's cheating. He tells his wife to go into the house. He's very angry, you can tell. And, you, and you, he feels like a dynamite stick about to explode. And then he just beats the shit out of the car, out of her car. He just beats the shit out of her car with his bare goddamn hands. And it's incredible. And then he goes in there and they have this real, real conversation. Once he beats the shit out of the car, he goes into the house to talk to his wife. And they have this real conversation that doesn't feel like it belongs in this movie, but it's so goddamn good. They have a conversation about their their love life, what's going on. And then they they cut from there, which which I as I'm watching, I'm like, holy shit. I'm watching a fucking masterpiece here. They cut from there to, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was like a year later, 18 months later, something like that. And then that's where the movie begins. The movie's called Brawl and Cell Block 99. I don't think we get to a cell block and we don't get to prison until, well, halfway through the movie. I, I don't want to, I guess that's kind of a spoiler. Sorry. But the pacing of this movie is is great. There's S Craig Zoller. That's what he does. He, he takes your expectations. He flips them upside down and, and delivers fucking really delivers bone. Tomahawk was his other movie that I've seen of his. And it's exactly like that. It takes your expectations, bends them, twists them, and then delivers it back to you in a beautiful package. Um, so the movie gets started from there. The setup is simple. He he's in, he goes to prison you can tell he's a good guy. They, they illustrate that quickly. He's a good person, uh, if not flawed, if not a, if not a villain. Uh, he, he definitely is a villain to a certain degree, but he has, he's a man of principle. You, you get that right away. And he goes into prison and he is, um, he is given an ultimatum, I guess, straight out of uh, something like uh, the human centipede. So very twisted. He's giving, given an ultimatum I don't know if that's a good comparison. He's given a very horror horror type ultimatum. And that ultimatum ultimatum or decision, I guess, whatever, leads him down into the pits of hell. Not literally, but in terms of prison. And it's very well set up, very well executed. And by the time it's over, I realized I'm I've seen something very special. I think um I think, look, if you can take gory stuff, if you can take extreme violence, then I highly, highly, highly recommend this movie. If you've seen Bone Tomahawk, then there there's only one scene in this movie that even rivals or that rivals something in Bone Tomahawk in terms of violence. And so I think if you got through Bone Tomahawk, which has a scene in it that is probably the most shocking scene I've ever seen in movies, um but this movie has about one of those, like a half of those, uh, that half, a half scene of something that bad. Um, otherwise it's just like really hardcore violence, um, shot very well, not very flashy either. A lot of movies will shoot these types of scenes in a very flashy manner. 
Um, S. Craig Zoller did it in a very low key way, almost, um, almost like a static shot where he keeps the camera still. Although I don't think he does, but there's not a lot of cuts basically from a technical standpoint. It's just done in a very unique way. Yeah. So brawl and cell block 99, highly, highly, highly recommend. I can see myself underrating this movie a little bit, um, and underselling it very uh, as opposed to like end of watch the last movie i i both have them as four star movies four out of five um i don't know if i should use a star system on here should i you guys let me know because i think a lot of times that that um under or undermines the movie when you hear somebody talk about a movie and give it a star system it's just too reductionist you let me know what you think um so far i haven't heard anything about that so but yeah, I have these both as four-star movies, but if anything, I'm underrating this one and maybe overrating the other uh, end of watch, but Brawl and Cell Block 99, I, I'm very much looking forward to anything S. Craig Zoller puts out. Um, and also Vince Vaughn. I mean, God, he's a killer. Dude. He's so good in this movie. Let me see if there's anything I missed on that. Um, sorry for the silence. Uh, yeah, just a great world that it created. Um, definitely this movie will stick with you. Um, if you hate it or love it, I, I can't see you. I can see people hating this movie. My wife would hate this movie, but she would appreciate it. She would appreciate what this movie is trying to accomplish. All right. The last movie I'll talk about, um, actually I'll just talk about it briefly. Um, because it's a rewatch. It's an older movie. I've seen it before. It's not a new movie to me, but I had to rewatch it because, I knew I liked it a lot and I knew it was a very good movie, but I didn't remember loving it. Um, but I wanted to see it. You know, a lot of people highly praise this movie and I wanted to see if my recollection was correct. And I was not correct. I was underplaying it in my mind. The social network from 2010. This movie is an exceptional, exceptional film. I do have this at four and a half out of five stars. David Fincher, who might be, my he's a director david fincher he might be my favorite director of all time i there's so many great movies director of fight club gone girl seven zodiac girl with the dragon tattoo benjamin button the game alien three panic room this guy every movie that i've seen of his i really really love like you look at fight club love that movie gone girl love that movie both five-star movies in my opinion seven love that movie zodiac really really like that movie girl with the dragon tattoo I remember liking it. I don't know if I loved it, um, but that's one of those ones I need to go back and rewatch. Same with Benjamin Button. The game, I know I watched the game back in the day, but I don't remember it at all, so I have to rewatch that. Uh, Alien 3, I thought was underrated. I thought it was very good. Um, it's one of those ones also that I might have to rewatch because I watched that when I was a kid. Or not a kid, but yeah, actually a kid. Panic Room, haven't seen that one yet. But yeah, David Fincher consistently puts out quality movies um and this is no different the uh social network is a exceptional movie i won't talk too much about it because it is a rewatch for me um it's uh older movie um they but they could have easily made this movie a sappy or paint by number type procedural movie um but it it just the subject matter the way it could have been done it could have been boring it could have been dull but this is such a great movie. Jesse Eisenberg was born. He was, I mean, this is the role for him. He was born to play. Um, he was born to play Mark Zuckerberg. He, 
he's just an incredible role for him. All right, I'll get off this one. Social Network, obviously, if you don't know that that's a fucking fantastic movie, I don't know if you know much about movies. Um, obviously a great movie, so yeah, recommend that for sure. I guess the other movie I could talk about, this probably, is, yeah, this is the best movie of the last that I've watched other than The Social Network. I have The Social Network above this movie, but since it's a rewatch, this movie came out last year, but... I think I'm going to consider this officially a 2020 movie for my ratings and rankings because it wasn't available anywhere until 2020 in the U.S. But uh, it came out on Netflix uh, last month, I believe. Um, But it's technically a 2019 movie. came out last year somewhere. I don't know. Not here. The Platform. The Platform on Netflix. You've probably seen this little icon in your Netflix and thought, well, what is that? And then realized it was a Spanish-speaking film with subtitles and they're like, no, I don't want to read when I'm watching movies or whatever, but I highly recommend this movie, a brilliant, brilliant planet, uh, premise, a premise that was very, very well executed. Um, I think everything up until the end of the movie, the climax was perfectly done or very well done. This is another movie that's similar to brawl and Cell Block 99, where you're seeing a character or characters basically go to the depths of hell. I think this movie does it a little bit better. Um, it's it's very clever, very unique. Um, it deals with issues. It, de- it deals with an issue um, that Parasite deals with, Us deals with, uh, economic disparity and inequality. Um, but I think it does it even better. Uh, I don't think this is a better movie than Parasite. Um, it's definitely, in my opinion, a better movie than Us, a much better movie than Us. I thought Us was very overrated. I shouldn't even bring that up because a lot of people love Us and they might hear me say that. They're like, this fucker doesn't know, know what the hell he's talking about. But this movie is very, very well done. Um, the subtext of the movie is, is like I said, it's uh, economic inequality. There's a lot uh, to deal with socialism here, capitalism. But I think it's dealing with that, the subtext, the way it's, uh, it's, um, it's meaning in terms of you know, it's grander meaning, it's deeper meaning. I think that's not done as well as the actual plot and the actual movie. The hell that the characters go through is so riveting. Yeah, I, I was really drawn into it. And I think a lot of this movie is um, dependent upon the premise, the story, the fact that, uh, so the basic, uh, yeah, basically, I think that's what makes this movie great. And without that great premise, I don't know if this would be a great movie, but I do know that a lot of the dialogue in the movie didn't have to be as good or as rich as it, as it was. There were so many little things in there that obvi- obviously, obvi, you'll, you'll see if you watch this movie what that is. That didn't even have to be in there, but it was, and it made this movie so much more rich and real. And I was very, very uh, surprised by this movie. But the basic premise is this. There's a prison. There's a platform, a prison with who knows how many, you, you'll find out how many levels, but the, for as far as the characters know, they don't know how many levels are in this prison, but it's one room stacked on top of another room, and it goes down and down and down and down. You don't know where it ends. You don't know anything. You know that there's a top level, the level one, and you wake up on a level every month. You change levels randomly. You'll change a level wherever you, you don't know where you're going to go. But you wake up on a, on a level, and the character, the main character, I think, wakes up on level 47. 
meaning there's 46 levels above him and who knows how many below him. But he looks down, you see tons of levels below him, you see uh, tons of levels above him. And then every once a day, a platform comes down the center of the room and on that platform is a bunch of food or hopefully is a bunch of food. On level one, the, the platform is completely covered in the most exquisite, beautiful food you've ever seen in your life. Then it, and then the people on level one get to eat their food. And then the platform goes down about five minutes later. And then the people on level two get to eat their food. They get to eat whatever they want. They can do whatever they want to that platform. They just can't keep any food. They can do whatever the fuck they want. They can get on the platform, which couple characters get on the platform. You'll see. And then the, the platform continuously goes down and eventually you get to level 47, which is a level they're on and half of the food is gone. Most of it is mushed up. You see spit, there's spit on it. There's, it's just nasty. It's gross food. It's all sloppy and grimy. And then the platform goes down from there and it keeps going down. And so the characters you wait. All right. I think I want to cut out a little bit of that because I gave too many spoilers there. Um, not sure, you know, where I'm going to cut this at, but, Basically, what I'll say is the character that's in the room with the main character on level 47, he tells the main character that he was um, down on level, I don't know, level 120. And he said there was absolutely no food left on the platform down at what level 120. And they stay there for 30 days. So he deduces, how did you stay alive? You can't stay alive for 30 days without food. And he says, yeah, you can. But yeah, you're right. I survived off of eating human flesh. And there are, that, that's a deal breaker, I think, for a lot of people with this movie. There's a lot of cannibalism. There's a lot of gross stuff involving food. A lot of violence. Uh, a lot of death. A lot of gross things. Gross things that make you a little nauseous. But if you can stomach that, this movie is extremely, extremely well done. And... I don't know if it's a bias for me, but these movies that that make you feel like you're diving deep into the pit of hell, I guess that's the theme of this week, the pit of hell, um, just really hit me. This movie um, is very intense, very real. The dread of this hellish place was throughout the entire movie, just soaked into the, every frame. Um, I think this happens a lot with a lot of movies. The ending didn't... didn't satisfy me i watched this movie twice i watched it by myself and then i was like god i had to get tisha to watch it my wife i had her watch it and she did not like it but um i think she could appreciate it a little bit but she said she had after we were done i was like did you like it did you, you are you glad you watched it are you glad i made you watch it and she's she said no i had no reason to watch that there was nothing i'm gonna think good about that so i guess you could be warned some people this is not movies not for everybody but um I think it's an extremely well-made movie, very underrated. I don't know if this movie gets acknowledged outside of this month or this month and a half, this quarantine month. I don't think we're going to be talking about platform at the end of the year or um, at the Oscars or anything like that, obviously, or maybe maybe a foreign language film. I don't know. Best foreign language film? I don't, I don't think so, but I think it should be. Um, it's very underrated. Nobody's really talking about it. And when they are talking about it, they're saying, eh, it's okay. But I definitely think this is a very, very good movie. Um, I have questions about it. I don't know. I, I don't think I've pieced together exactly if I'm, if there are huge plot holes in this movie or if I'm just not getting something. Um, but 
I would say as good of a year as 2019 is in terms of movies. If I did rate this movie in my 2019 movies, it very well may make the top 10 may have made, may have made the top 10. So if 2020 is not as good of a year as for movies as 2019, I definitely will be talking about this movie at the end of the year in the top 10 from 2020. Um, very, very good movie. Highly, highly recommend. Um, yeah, the platform. All right. So that's it for this episode. Um, next week I will do five more movies or maybe it's in two weeks, but I kind of want to do this. I, I love talking about movies. I want to keep the podcast more consistent so far. We've done two episodes in like three months or four months, which is not good. It's not going to happen, but coronavirus. So yeah, there is that. Um, I did not get the coronavirus. Don't, I don't want to put it that way, but, um, yeah, I think I will do this once a week, uh, rank the last five movies that I've watched and, uh, you let me know what you think. What are some of the movies you watched? Let me know if you've seen the movies I'm, uh, talking about and if I'm full of shit or if I'm underrating some movies or overrating some movies, maybe you loved cats. You're like, what the fuck? You didn't get the subtext of cats, bruh. Do that. Tell me, tell me what's up. Um, also, yeah, the top 10 from 2019, we'll, we will be doing that next, uh, hopefully next episode. If not, then the episode after that. But hit me up. Let me know what uh, your favorite movie from 2019 is. I have mine. I have my top 10. Let me know what you loved from last movie because or last year because there was a lot to love. Great movies. Um, you can reach me at stdmpod at gmail.com. Um, also stdmpodcast at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter, although that Twitter account's not very up and running yet. Stop talking during movies at stop talking. Uh, what is it? No, at stdmpodcast on Twitter. Um, where else? Facebook. Stop talking during movies. Facebook page. Hit me up there. We're on iTunes. Give us a rating and a review. Uh, that helps. Very small podcast just starting out. So please do that. And until next time, stop talking during movies. I'm sick of not being famous and not having groupies. But what really makes me want to start chopping up Gucci's are these motherfucking people that talk during movies. Like talk during my drama, then there's gonna be drama. Talk during my horror, then there's gonna be horror. Talk during my comedy, that don't bother me. When I'm watching my movie, just don't talk to me. Talk during my gangster flick, I get gangster. Talk during my sci-fi, I meet my lightsaber. Talk during my comedy that don't bother me when I'm watching my movie just don't talk to me I'm sick of Hannity I'm sick of Fox News I'm sick of the tactics these ignorant cops use